back to Three and Out, a West Texas football podcast. I'm Gary Gray, sitting here alongside David McReynolds and Dustin Pierce. We're going to do the usual. We're going to talk about the teams that we broadcast for, Midland League, Midland High. Then we're going to talk about District 26A out here in West Texas. We'll talk about some local schools, Greenwood, Trinity, Midland Christian. We'll go on to the Big 12 A&M, and then we'll uh, have our three topics. We'll be out of here. Dustin, Let's talk about Midland Lee first. Just uh, sort of a, a disappointment, I would say, as they traveled to San Angelo last week, Battle of the Unbeatens. Yeah, what was billed to be uh, the premier game, not only in District 26A, but in the state of Texas, for some accounts, I think even Texas High School Football on Twitter noted that, uh, turned out to be a lackluster performance. And honestly, the last three times that a Midland team has traveled to San Angelo uh, with district title kind of at stake, so to speak. We've laid an egg. No different this week. Uh, the Rebels just kind of got off to a slow start, and of course, uh, Central didn't. They responded, uh, and 35-0, nine minutes into the second quarter, and once you get down 35 points to a team like San Angelo, uh, the game is all but over. Really, for Lee, it was penalties. Five false starts there in the um, you know first couple of drives. Uh, a fumble on a punt, a fumble on a kickoff, an interference on a fair catch, all costly mistakes. And the running game wasn't quite what it was or what it has been in the past. And so I think we'll see Lee bounce back against Odessa High. The keys for me are getting Isaiah Nunez back healthy, he didn't play at all last week, had a boot on pregame. Didn't have a boot on at the volleyball game last night, so we'll see if he plays or not. Um, again, the question becomes, do you play him? Do you save him for Permian? Uh, we also are missing Cougar Rodriguez. So our two inside backers, our two leading tacklers, route. Michael Hinojosa, who's a sophomore, started in place of Isaiah, did a really good job. But when you're missing your two leading tacklers on defense, it hurts you. And so beyond that, I think Lee got hit in the mouth a little bit. And it's that whole bounce back thing. More than anything from uh, a broadcaster standpoint, it's frustrating when when you believe your team is ready to kind of take it to that next level against the four-time district champ. And they just weren't ready for some reason. And so we'll see if they can bounce back against Odessa High, who, although winless, is not a bad team. They're a good team. So we'll see what happens. That'll be this weekend, of course, this Friday night at Grande, 7.30 on Newstalk KCRS. That's right. Cougar Rodriguez, one of our all-name teams. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, playing another guy that I would consider in the all-name team, Maverick MacGyver, MacGyver, the quarterback for for San Angelo. Fun to call. All right, so listen in. That's going to be a broadcast on KCRS. That's 5.50 a.m. They're having some trouble with the app. So if you'll just go to the station's website, there's a spot that you can scroll down and find the word app. Click on that. It will take you to a website where you can save that and put it on your homepage. And that's the new way to listen as uh, Apple has sort of uh, kicked out some uh, independent radio stations. Really? There is a TuneIn app that has both of and those that stations works. available. Okay. It works. So download the TuneIn the app. The TuneIn app. That's how yeah. I was listening to you guys while we are calling our game. Oh, great. Yeah. Great, great, great. So we multitask. We had the baseball game on, the Astros over the Yankees, and we were listening to you guys and broadcasting. Because the score so. was so interesting. We had You're like, what is, happening, what is happening, happening over there? I have yes. no doubt. Yeah. yeah. So at Grande, Midland High and uh, Permian, Permian and their Veer offense comes to town. They're undefeated. 
Midland High doing a great job held them to it was the score was fourteen to nine Permian mm-hmm. midway through the third quarter and then the penalty bug kicked in and Midland uh, Midland High allowed Permian to score twenty one unanswered losing uh, thirty five to nine. So what were your what were your thoughts on that game? David? I thought a bright spot for the defense was the interior line the interior front line um, those guys really stepped up and that was a big part of what held Permian. To so few points in the first few two and a half first quarters, two and a half yeah. quarters of the game, so I think you know that uh, it, it had to be encouraging for coach to see those guys do so well. When I say some of those guys, Isaiah Hernandez, uh, Seth Ryan, Stetson Abney, um, there's probably another guy on that front four line that that was uh, instrumental. But then we also always have Smith Essman. And Ross Marker that are that are in the game as well and get their names called quite quite a bit as well as uh, Angel Navarrete, who's uh, they, the defense. I just thought did a really good job, as typical for what we've seen with Millen High this year. The offense just struggles. Yeah, the offense could only manage one touchdown drive. Uh, Permian's defense held the Bulldogs to 67 yards rushing on 23 carries. So. Yeah. They couldn't get that going. Sudden Sapien, the quarterback from Midland High, 13 for 29 uh, for 173. One bright spot on the offense, Michael Glendo, five receptions for 74 yards. But you're right. Mm. Midland High's passing game has, has, has stayed below 50% mm. on the completion rate and uh, just really couldn't manage anything. And while we thought Permian's going to come in with this just sort of amazing offense, their defense – Run won the game for them. They did, if you will. Other than the, you, they sort of just pecked away, pecked away, pecked away. You've held them to fourteen. If your occupants can score, you could possibly win this game. And then sort of the dam opened up, yeah. and they scored twenty-one. And unpredictable for Permian. You know, we, you look at their offense, and they're about an eighty-twenty run-to-pass ratio, eighty percent to twenty percent. And they came out right out of the box, passing, throwing the ball down the field. Uh, I think that caught the Bulldogs off balance a bit. I think they were ready and geared up to try and stop that run, and they went to the air the first couple of plays of the game. First play of the game, empty backfield, we're going to throw the ball. Yeah, It caught everyone by surprise. So also locally, Midland Christian, they won their conference opener. They beat Grapevine Faith 26-14. Make note, Grapevine Faith knocked them out of the playoffs in the semis last year. Grapevine Faith went on to win state. So a little bit of revenge there. Peyton Powell rushed for two third-quarter touchdowns and threw for another one in the fourth quarter. Uh, he threw that to Coy Stewart. Luke Shepard, good running back for Midland Christian, 123 yards on 16 carries. So the Midland High defense also did a great job, forced two turnovers, and held the defending state champs to 14 points. Midland Christian has a home conference game this Friday. That's going to be against Fort Worth Christian, who has yet to play a district game. So the uh, the Mustangs continue to roll. Also, Lubbock Trinity they lost to uh, I'm sorry Lubbock Trinity beat Midland Trinity 49 to nothing. So mm. Midland Trinity is struggling to f- sort of find their identity playing 11 man football again. Lubbock Trinity had 339 total yards held Midland Trin- Trinity to 62 total yards. Oh. So uh, they're going to have to find a little bit of offense. They go to 0 and five on the season. 0 and two. In district, the Chargers now travel to Willow Park Trinity, and uh, that's for another conference game that's coming up this Friday. So, locally, also, we want to talk about Greenwood. Greenwood, uh, 
loss. Just sort of a heartbreaker to Monahan's 27 to 21. Uh, Monahan scored on a 68-yard touchdown run with 5:13 left in the game. Uh, so Greenwood falls to one and two. Jake Summers, uh, the quarterback for Greenwood, had probably one of his worst nights in the year, three for 17 passing. Mm. So although he still threw for uh, – he, he only threw for 36 yards, had two interceptions. So just uh, a difficult night for, for Greenwood, who is now uh, fighting to get one of the yeah, last playoff yeah. spots because uh, Seminoles 3-0, and Sweetwater's 2-0. and and then you have Pecos, Fort Stockton, Greenwood all at one and two. That's over in District Two Four A. So we'll we'll keep you apprised of what's going on there. Uh, back to District Two Six A, you still got uh, Permian undefeated. You've got San Angelo undefeated. They play each other the twenty twenty seventh of October in San Angelo. So that's going to be that's going to be sort of the game possibly for the district championship, but you never know what's going to happen with Midland Lee. Uh, Midland High has to beat Amarillo Tascosa up there in a week from Friday, and they also have to beat uh, – they, they either have to beat Tascosa or San Angelo, and then they have to beat Odessa. Well, here's the thing. Permian could beat Central, and then Lee could beat Permian, and you get a three-way, three-way tie, tie for first place. Mm-hmm. I, it's not removed from my psyche at all that I have no doubt actually that Lee can beat Permian, and I it would be interesting to see if Permian could go up there and knock off Central. You just never know in this district. You never know in football, but I mean, um, especially this year, could we be don't very really interesting. have a powerhouse team that you look. That's going yeah, St. Angelo over. has an elite quarterback. Uh, Maverick McIver is elite. He'll play at the D1 level. But beyond that, they've got a few skill guys. Their defense is pretty salty, but it's not like watching Allen or DeSoto. You know, last year we also watched San Angelo with that receiver that they had that was a beast. Oh, yeah, Batman, Adam West. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Four. yeah, I guess he's moved on and maybe he's playing in the college game at this point somewhere. I don't remember. Yeah, he went to Harvard. Oh, that's why we don't ever hear Yeah, that's wow. exactly. <laughs> we don't, we, I don't really keep up with Harvard. <laughs> The Ivy League football. They don't ever hit our top 25. No. So let's move along to college. Remember, we do have a local college team, University of Texas Premium Basin. Dustin, tell us about the Falcons. Well, UTPB is continuing to struggle, uh, falling to 1-6. and six. Uh, They lose to A&M Kingsville this past week. And really the issue, I mean, even, you know, you read the headlines in the paper, you look anywhere, and the issue is who's going to be the quarterback. And they started... Uh, uh, a guy named Michael Myers at quarterback. He was back from injury. Cameron Mathis ended up coming back third quarter. Finished well. Uh, but again, they fall to go one and six. Sets them up for a game against Quincy, uh, who plays out of Miami, Oklahoma. But kind of a bright spot, Courtney McMarion, former uh, Midland High Bulldog. Three catches, 39 yards, and a touchdown. He's caught nine passes for 216 yards and two scores this year and had 120 yards on kick returns. So it's good to see local guys staying local and doing well, adding value to those teams. So Courtney McMarion, um, kudos to him. And again, uh, we're going to take on Quincy at Miami, Oklahoma. And that game is Saturday night. Let me pull that up right here. at one. Not Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock. Um, so, 
There we go. All we'll right. see what happens. Uh, UTPB just trying to establish an identity as they continue to grow a program that's just in its second year. That's right. I'll, I'll just say as an aside, it's just interesting that they choose to put Michael Meyer as the quarterback in October. Yeah. yeah. It's a perfect time. I wonder if he's going to be the Halloween game quarterback. <laughs> that's right. All right. That could be a that could be a scary scary event. There. Sorry for the distraction. I, I, well, actually, and, I thought the same thing. I just wasn't going to say yeah. it. Yeah, Quincy Quincy is not a conference game. Uh, just to note, so UTPB gets to take on Quincy, and then they'll go back into conference play the following week in Midland at Grande against Midwestern State right. so on 1028. We'll remind you of that next week, so hopefully we'll have a big turnout in Midland. The Odessa crowds have been great. Moving along, let's talk about the Big 12. Wow. It's just, uh, it, it's it's been a little bit crazy. You know, TCU continues to run the table. They mm-hmm. moved up to number four in the, in the nation. Yeah, flipped places with Oklahoma, haven't they? Yeah, yes, Oklahoma, you know, the, the Oklahoma-Texas game, oh, just so frustrating to watch. Could have gone either way. Texas' offensive line and penalties killed them in the third and fourth quarters. The defensive backs looked like they were still getting a Fletcher's corn dog. <laughs> I thought. So, did you watch the game? For yeah. this, this Saturday, yeah. yeah. Frustration. Yeah. It's a, it's a typical OU Texas game. I mean, it, it, it is. I think the hard part is when you go down 20 0. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually watching it thinking this is exactly what happened to Lee. Yeah. Texas was able to respond, unlikely. But um, I think when it comes to you and I were talking about this this morning, I think Texas under Herman has kind of resurrected their identity a little bit. They're going to at least be gamers now, you know. Although Charlie Strong did win some, you know, a couple of games against OU, they never won the other games that mattered. And I think now at least Herman is getting his team ready to where they're going down toward the end in these games. Ellinger, I think, may be our new quarterback. Absolutely. You know, there's there's so some good things happen on that. And here's what I like the most, although the start is just really frustrating. It was a physical football game. Yes. You notice how many guys we're down after the play. And I'm not saying that being insensitive. I'm saying that it means it was a hard-fought physical game. It was right. fun. And I think that's what maybe has been missing from that rivalry. So it was kind of good to see it moving more that direction again. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think Texas long-term is going to be just fine. I think they're going to have to find a kicker. because that uh, You lose by five true. points. You had a chance to kick a 40, 42-yarder. Mm-hmm. You... You went for it instead on fourth down. You don't make it. Then if they make that, the last drive, they're just trying to get into field goal position to win instead, instead of, of trying to score, to score a touchdown. Yeah. So, anyway, that's our Longhorns. Uh, Oklahoma State continues to roll. They're up to number back up to number ten. Looking forward to the OU Oklahoma State mm-hmm. game at the end of the year this week. Uh, Texas. Let's see here. Where do I have that? This week, West Virginia plays at Baylor. Iowa State comes to Tech. Tech uh, had moved up to number 24 before they mm-hmm. lost to West Virginia. Yeah. So we'll see if a, a win over Ohio State, coupled with some losses in the bottom of the rankings, moves them back up. Kansas goes to TCU. This is going to be a blowout. Yeah. Oklahoma uh, goes to – they play at K-State. And as we talked about earlier, Oklahoma State comes to Texas. So it's going to be an interesting uh, – those, those – 
those games with TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas are gonna gonna be interesting. Those and don't forget fun. Tech with a chance to move back up in the top twenty-five. So we'll uh, we'll see how that sort of pans out. A and M does a good job uh, going to Florida. They beat them nineteen to seventeen. Daniel Lacamara kicks four field field goals for the Aggies. Uh, here's the interesting thing. So you've got all these. Uh, someone coach someone haters after the they come into the season with people going we need to fire him we need to fire him they have a 44 to 15 lead i think it is to ucla ucla comes back scores however many points it takes to win that game everybody's on the fire someone bandwagon he wins a few games now he loses to alabama he goes to florida he wins you've got an aggie team that can conceivably run the table finish 10 and 2 Mm-hmm. Where, what are your someone people going to do then? The hates the someone haters. Are they already committed? <laughs> I, how do you fire a coach that goes 10 and 2? It's hard to do so. He's going to uh, end up getting a raise. Yeah. So <laughs> it's quite a quandary, quandary if you're an Aggie fan. Yeah. So uh, they, uh, they host Mississippi State this weekend. So we'll keep you apprised of what goes on there and, and have more to discuss. So. Anything else there, guys? Big 12 or A&M? Not nope, really? Nothing else looks interesting in that area. This All week. right. So A&M. sort of a slow week. So we're going to move on to our three and out. I'm just going to throw this out there, uh, talk about something I heard Nick Saban, not my favorite college coach, but, man, he is a great college coach. He's talking about this week uh, basing the playoff mm. on – rankings and not as much on record, similar to mm-hmm. what the NCAA does with their basketball tourney and having a different set of rules for the Power Five conferences. And it's really interesting because he was for promoting a, a more uh, a tough schedule. For instance, an SEC team could play 10 conference games and then two FBS teams. So you wouldn't be playing North Dakota State. You wouldn't have Troy coming in mm-hmm. and knocking off LSU, which is sort of a freak thing. You wouldn't have teams actually paying a million dollars to have some also-ran come to their home team and just get beat up yeah, so true. that they can have a good record. So so much is based on record now. You need to lose early in the season, not late in the season. But he would actually have it on a ranking system where they would take in everything – and you would actually play 12 tough games throughout the season. I sort of like it. I think it's a great idea. And, and I think Nick Saban commands a little bit different of different modicum of respect as other coaches in that he's made every playoff. He's, you can't say that a Nick Saban team has lost to a non-ranked, non-conference opponent mm-hmm. in – ever since I can remember. So I think that gives some credence to his ideas. So we'll see if that picks up any traction. You know, Mike Leach, although maybe not as respected as Saban, said something very similar in a press conference uh, a couple of weeks back. Ten-minute rant, matter of fact. Go figure, go figure. Oh, yeah, there's full videos out there of it. But his biggest thing is, why are we basing a champion off of four teams who've had the best record? A very similar, very similar thing rather than why not actually have a full manned bracket similar to what every other sport does equally what the other um, lower division ones do 
to really determine who really is the best team in college football, not just who had the best record and can make the four-man playoff. Yeah. And I think we've taken a step forward with I the do. four-man I playoff. do. I think now it's time to take that to the next step and to continue to enlarge it. I think that, you know, we will see it in the future. I really do. There's so many people that are fighting for that right now. More games, more money. That's, exact, that's exactly right. They have to they be pleased that. with that. Yeah. So, And you have to figure, if, if – LSU, for instance, instead of paying Troy a million dollars, and you have instead have a good game and a good team coming, mm-hmm. you save a million and your fan base, you fill the stadium. Yeah. Versus, coaches may not be as excited about it. You can keep your players healthier playing at Troy than you well, can. Well, that's a good point. I mean, if you're a coach, you know, if you're an AD and you want the money, you like the extra money. But if you're a coach and you're looking at the health of your team and you're trying to make it to the end of a season, the more competitive games you put on the schedule. The, those games just naturally have more issues with injuries. That's true. That's true. Take Oklahoma and Texas, for example. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah, they beat right. each other up pretty well. David, what do you have? Hey, our Heisman watch has turned into a running back parade, which we thought was going to begin as a quarterback parade, uh, with uh, Saquon Barkley and Bryce Love topping the, topping the list. Uh, Baker Mayfield is the first quarterback on the list at number three, and he has really zero first-place votes at this point, and he's struggled in a couple of games this year that has probably damaged his his hopes at being a uh, Heisman winner. Uh, the, the rave reviews continue for Saquon Barkley. He still, it's, it is ironic, I've yet to see him play a game. I just think it's ironic to see 649 yards of rushing. In six games. In six games. Yeah, that's and not, that's Heisman. That's Heisman contender. When, when the second Bryce Love has got thirteen hundred and eighty-seven yards of rushing, more than twice. Wow! But does Barkley? He has some passing yards too, right? He has three hundred ninety-five. So he's at nine hundred. The Bryce Love's at sixteen hundred. Love has only nineteen passing yards. However, it's also eleven TDs for Bryce Love uh, to eight total TV TDs for Saquon Barkley between receiving and rushing. How much of that do you think is because? Bryce Love plays on the left coast. Well, that's what Mike Leach would tell you, that no one sees these guys because they play so late at night. And it very well could be. I didn't know who Bryce Love was until this year, even mid this year. Yards you know? per carry, 10. Mm-hmm. To Saquon Barkley, 6.4. Well, and I will say there's got to be something to the fact that Saquon Barkley came into this year as the favorite. So when you, he really did from the beginning. All of the preseason press was Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley. So that being said, it, it may take a little bit of attention to get Bryce Love more in the running here. Yeah, so Saquon Barkley is sort of holding the place card That's right. based on how he came into the season. But so far, Bryce Love's winning the stat war. I, and I would see if they continue to play like that, I would think Bryce Love moves ahead. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch and see. And then both the Oklahoma quarterbacks, Round out the next two positions in Mayfield three and, four, and, and uh, Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah. So both of those guys kind of fighting out the next, are really topping the quarterback side of. And the, I think from the there it just sort of falls off. It does. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin rounds out the top five yeah. as a running back, and he's got just under 1,000 yards of rushing for the year. Uh, but he has uh, 10 touchdowns. So he's impressive at that, at that stat. That'll be interesting. Hey, I'll have a, half, I have a half topic because I think right. you'll be interested in it. Have you been watching and keeping up with the the Samantha Ponder issue online right now? We, no. ESPN has got a barstool uh, kind of small show. It's a minor show at ESPN, and they absolutely trashed Samantha Part Samantha Ponder online. 
Well, I saw on her Instagram, she said something about she's posted all these positive thoughts a couple of weeks ago, and this is a week that she really needs to focus on those. I didn't know what it was about. I hate to even mention the tirade this guy went on on his radio show because I would hate for people to go listen. It is profanity-laced. What are they? What's the beef? He just hates Samantha Ponder, and he says and states that all of the suits at ESPN hate her and are trying to figure out how to fire her without it being a lawsuit. Wow. Isn't that interesting? For, for Because she's a sweet, nice, mm. sweet girl. And she she has cute dimples. Because he says she needs to be more sleazy. Wow. Isn't that awful? That's that's shameful. It is encouraging. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the transcript now. You don't you don't want to go and look at it. No, I wouldn't she encourage knows her stuff. Oh, she does. And she can stuff. throw a football. I've seen the videos. <laughs> she's great. And I think there are a ton of people coming to her defense. It's just one of those things that needs to be on the radar, I think, because in the next week or two, I think this is going to continue to escalate, and it'll be a bigger What's story the guy from Barstool Sports, and they're always yeah. going to be pushing the envelope? They will, and he may be doing it for sensationalism because he has a show that 12 people listen to, and he may be trying to, to build an audience, and this might be his way to do it. That's amazing. If you listen to him talk, you wouldn't be surprised to. I mean, really. Wow. He would have. He has explicit next to anything he puts out where this fine show doesn't. All right, so we have another topic on the radar. Speaking of females, yeah. let's talk about volleyball. And, and we're actually branching out into another sport. That's right. You know, Girls I want volleyball. I want to keep it local and really use this as an opportunity to send a shout out to what, you know, really was a classic volleyball game last night, Midland High defeating Lee um, in five sets. Really just a great, great overall game. Stands are full at Lee on for both sides, Midland High uh, showed up as well. Really want to give props to the Midland High student section, who was incredible. I mean, those girls had to feel so loved and so supported. Game or uh, the the fourth set came down to thirty to twenty eight. Uh, Midland High victorious went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, overall, Midland High led by Gentry Foreman with fourteen kills. Uh, Lee Quincy Strambler with sixteen kills. Emmy Hillman with thirteen. Uh, but just an overall great volleyball match. It really, really was. And a lot of people probably don't know how good volleyball is out here because we sometimes let it kind of get pushed as we discuss football. But, you know, Midland High is undefeated in district play. Lee's only lost twice, both of those to Midland High. So it looks like now Midland High has wrapped up. They are the district champion, and Lee will have that number two spot. Uh, Midland High will play Friendship next week and uh, at 6 on Tuesday. Lee's going to host Odessa High Friday at 5. And then they still have a tough Tascosa team who's in third place right now. And the but playoffs, yeah, playoffs the, the playoffs weeks? happen in three weeks. Okay. Yeah. Three weeks still be the playoffs. It looks like Midland High will be number one. Lee will be number two. But again, shout out to a great volleyball game. And it was good to see a Midland High-Lee rivalry that was renewed. It was clean fun. Student sections were going back and forth. A lot of people in the community showed up. It was just a great environment. Although, because the JV game went long, that game started at 6.45, didn't get done until 9. Wow. So it was a long night of volleyball. But again, congrats to Midland High uh, securing the district title there. All right, and kudos to Dustin for showing that at three and out we can branch out yeah. and talk about other sports. That's great, Dustin. It's, that's the beauty of a podcast. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> so, okay, we hope you enjoyed it. That is three and out for this week. Dustin Pierce, David McReynolds, I'm Gary Gray. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Don't forget, Midland Lee hosts Odessa High. That's mm -hmm. going to be on KCRS. 
You can listen to Dustin and Luke McNeely as they broadcast that this weekend. Midland High is off, and we'll be back next week. Three and Out is out.